Hello, hemp nuts and cannabis enthusiasts. Welcome to the New Hemp Times podcast recorded on January 8th, 2020. Woo! Woo! January 2020. 2020. Uh, Just like hindsight. I'm Dr. Jehan Marku, your token cannabis researcher. We're also joined by the farm D you know from TV and the hempress of education, Stacia Woodcock. (laughs) All right. Oh my goodness. And for the first time joining us, the man who has no introduction, our production assistant at New Hemp Times, Grayson Roberts Jolly, or as he's known on the streets, Grojo. Hey, hey, hey. Or Gray Boogie. <laughs> Gray Boogie, they call me too. We're, we're calling you especially Gray Boogie because Randy's not here. Today. Exactly. Yeah. And as well as our main host, Dr. Jan Roberts. Wait, wait, wait. Main host? I'm not the main host. I don't. Dr. Weed Lady. Dr. Weed Lady. Hashtag. Just kidding. All right. Well, hey. Welcome back, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. It's so weird doing this with uh, out Randy today. I know. We miss you, Randy. I know. But did you hear, um, first off, our audience is growing, so that's kind of fun and exciting. Thanks, guys. I know. We're big in India. (laughs) We are. (laughs) Thank you. Shout out to Indian Cricket. If you ever, you know, we can do cricket sponsorships on this podcast. So anyway, anywho, so um, today, you know, I just wanted to touch base with you guys. I missed you over the holiday. Hope you all had a great uh, fun time. But I have the coolest story ever. I actually was asked to be a centerfold in a magazine, Honeypot magazine. So this past weekend was the photo shoot. It was nuts. It was absolutely friggin' crazy. Like... Pin up centerfold, <laughs> nakey nakey centerfold. What were you talking about, Jan? Well, that was my question too. <laughs> so anyway, no, seriously, um, it actually came out of our podcast that we had a few months ago uh, with Ronit, who's the editor of Honeysuckle and Honeypot. And as we were talking about, you know, kind of sexuality and my concerns with having sex, you know always showing, showing something sexy and how it might portray women in certain ways because, you know, I was brought up a certain way, you know, where we had the Budweiser women and all that. Whereas younger generations look at it very differently. And so it led to this incredible conversation. And in their upcoming issue, they asked if they could feature me because I'm a 50-year-old woman. You know, I am, I am not stick thin, you know, and I even have a grandchild. So, I mean, you know, I'm not your typical centerfold. So it was really that. And um, yeah, I got naked. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> I was covered. Oh, my God. The, the production Tastefully guy naked. Tastefully was Tastefully naked. But it was so weird. I'm in a room with all these strangers. They had professional makeup and all that. And it was like, oh, God, I got to get out of my clothes now. And it was like, this is uncomfortable any way I go about it. So it was just like off under the sheets as quickly as possible. So it was a lot of fun, though. I can't believe that. I can't wait to see it. I know. They interviewed is it me. like Is it like just kind of like an advertisement? Like, no. like centerfold? Or, or is there no, like a blurb about it? No, there's an you? article. Yeah. yeah so, they so wanted... talk more about, about that. Yeah, it was really good. Thanks. Um that's a good question because they wanted to feature me as one of the females in cannabis, especially female scientists. But it also gave us an opportunity to talk about women's sexuality, women empowerment, women's health. And um, as you guys around the table know, but our audience doesn't know, is that we're working on something really kind of cool. And we know that we're going to be 
breaking some rules and some ground in the women's health area. And we're assembling a team as we speak that we we are so excited and we can't wait to start talking about the details. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's going to kind of this article that they're writing on us is actually going to talk about it. Talk about Dr. Virago. And and wait, Jehan, do you know what Virago is? It's, it's uh, there's a couple definitions, but the main one is about a, a kind of a uh a fastidious woman warrior? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we, we came up with this whole notion around the warrior, the female warrior, and how important that was. But then we also um, noticed that the term had a negative connotation too, which is kind of like nasty woman. So of course, as women, we're like, we're embracing all it this It was like shit. a bad-tempered woman. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. Yes, I know what that's like. <laughs> Damn it, I'm going through menopause. (laughs) I'm just trying to get stuff done. (laughs) Oh, my God. So anyway, so yeah, they wanted to do all that. So Grayson, to answer your question, they want to kind of talk about me, my role in, in trying to create this, you know, take our research center, continue the good work we're doing. We're expanding rapidly with our education and staffing. And then this other project we got going on with Dr. Virago, kind of cool. Um, I have, you know, follow up question that is who was it that, uh, interviewed you and, and are you familiar with any of the other people they've interviewed for similar spreads? Well, they've never had a spread like this before. They've had oh, like, so wait, you're Alan a breaker. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. That's a real page turner. <laughs> well, and I have to tell you guys, this is weird and I don't know if this makes sense and tell me if it doesn't, but I felt like I was living my dream on Saturday. On one hand, here I was. I remember as a teenager and a young girl always dreaming of modeling and in New York and living in New York. Man, I felt like a friggin' star. It was the <laughs> coolest thing ever. We had like film and, and professional people coming in doing makeup and the hair and the lighting was incredible. The photographer, oh my God, Sam is an is incredible. And two of my best friends were there, Adolfo and Ryan, because I kept asking them, I was afraid I was embarrassing myself. (laughs) I think that makes sense. It sounds like a very empowering platform to spread your message. Well, yeah, but it just felt like I'm naked and everybody's seeing the cellulite and the, you know, the roll and, and I'm not as, I'm not stick thin, you know, all of my, so it's the good with the bad. Yep. It's all of it. And, and it felt, I have never experienced something so empowering in my life. It felt like I came, I had to look at my imperfections and I made peace with it all. And that negativity and negative self-talk just kind of went away. It was bizarre. That sounds amazing. Yeah, of course, it led to a, an issue with my building, but that's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> an issue with your building? Do you tell? Don't they don't allow people to, to bowl off. in yeah. the building? <laughs> you can't get naked? I, I heard yeah. no Well, bowling. I did get did naked on the about, fire escape. Did they I, find out about your nudity? No, they didn't. But I w- So that night, and I will be honest, it was a pretty um, fun apartment shoot, <laughs> you know, photo shoot. It was five and a half hours long. And um, there were all these signs posted in my building late at night on Saturday night. And it says, do you want me to read the sign? Yeah, read it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dear friendly neighbor, 
Whatever it is you and your friends are burning, smoking, vaping, or bowling in your apartment, I hope that you will take a step back and think of the other 14 apartments in this building. The walls are very, very thin. Several of us have discussed the wacky smells. It's coming into our apartments, too, through the floors, walls, wood, and brick, which have no insulation. We all practically live together. We can hear everything going on above or next door. Everything. I know that because I hear my neighbor masturbate. (laughs) Anyway, and we can smell most very potent things, too. We don't need the proximity buzz or the headaches from smelling what is coming into our apartments. Please remember, there are children and families with various medical respiratory conditions in this building, and secondhand smoke, hemp, weed is not a welcome item. It is forbidden in the lease. Please think of the rest of us. (laughs) I thought the lease said, would say something like illegal substances, but these are legal <laughs> things in the state of New York. Yes, they are. And do you have a medical condition as well, which is yes, why I you know, use it in your apartment. So that's interesting. I have to tell you, I wanted to be a bitch. I just wanted to You react. mean a Barack? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh. You've missed the point. Oh. <laughs> well, I think fighting for your rights would be well, However, the definition. And I will say, though, if someone were smoking cigarettes. Well, that was my point. I would probably write that kind of a letter because you know, there's nothing yeah. like. Well, we do have so someone gross. who smokes cigarettes in our building and that's never been written about. But I also do believe in respecting people and I can easily go outside if I want to. So, you know, I didn't. I wanted to kind of be a bitch about it, but I don't want to be that person either. So. I mean, you could also. I mean, if you wanted to come back, it could be like, I'm not allowed to use this outside of my apartment and I have a medical condition for which I need it. So sorry. (laughs) Or we could just shame them on the air through our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) If you want my building's address so that you can mail them postcards. You know what though? (laughs) Like, let me know. (laughs) At the end of the day, it doesn't just come down to manners, right? Like if this were me, I would come up and knock on your door and have a neighborly conversation and then it would come across a lot differently right than just like (laughs) screaming wait wait not even or leaving passive aggressive putting multiple things around the building are you wait 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 stacia's talking about something else i am i'm stacia's getting a little bitter right now (laughs) you've missed it (laughs) you want to talk about what that is virago no same tell it same situation in our (laughs) office the other day we were having a conversation in our our we're we're in like a shared office space, but we have individual rooms. And the person with the room backing up to ours did not appreciate the volume of our laughter and <laughs> screamed and banged on the wall <laughs> instead of just coming over to talk to us. I just I have an issue with manners. It's like one oh one, be kind it's to like, people, right? Right, right. That's that was kind of my thing because it, I've been thinking a lot lately about like how much negativity there is right mm-hmm. now. And especially like what's going on in the world, you know, it's just horrific. And I think we need to be focusing more on kindness. Exactly. We need to put out that energy. So anyway, enough of that. (laughs) God, you're so quiet, Jayhan. You are quiet. I was just thinking, you know, um, of ways to uh, playfully respond to that. (laughs) 
was, I was like thinking, you know, maybe you should bake brownies and <laughs> go door to door and apologize. <laughs> Hand them out. That's amazing. Placebo brownies. You know what but... we could do? We could go door to door with the brownies and interview them for the podcast. We could. <laughs> tell us tell us your feelings about bowling. <laughs> I know. What the fuck is bowling other than with a ball and pins? Like, tell me. Oh, bowling. I, I think that's, that's definitely a way that you can tell someone doesn't smoke weed is they call it bowling. <laughs> like, I've never heard of that. Says the young one. <laughs> it's true, though. I know. Hey, I'm I'm hip with that uh, millennial no. lingo. <laughs> they they obviously did not have help from their kids to write that. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> not. Like grandma, that's 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 not proper terminology. Oh hey, it is God. the 20s all over again, Jayhan. But you, you know, know there there is like subreddits, and you can go online and like people post the these notes they get from their neighbors that people post about their cannabis use and. They range from polite to just downright mean. But. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it just shows you what kind of person you are if you're going to complain and not talk to the person. I agree. Face to face. Because, yeah. I, I mean, I like I said, I wholeheartedly agree that if yeah. the smell is that aggressive, and of I course, like, know, I wouldn't want to interrupt wanna... anyone's life. Yeah, I wouldn't just, either. Like, let me know, man. Like, let's yeah. be people about it. Yeah, let's just be people. Wow. So what else has been going on? Anything exciting? So much, so much. <laughs> uh, well, right before the new year, kind of on the science side, what is fascinating was the four new cannabinoids that were discovered yes. by those Italian researchers. Um, and they published like two in one journal and two in the other. And the other thing that's also interesting about these stories is these were compounds that were synthesized many years ago and then discovered in the plant in very, very, very small amounts. Um, and, and one of the things I've always like kind of said is, you know, we probably haven't discovered all the c- compounds on cannabis right. and other plants because the most potent compounds are in the smallest amounts. And these are in apparently very small amounts, but um, there some of them are reported the THC P and THC B compounds are, are reportedly, you know, upwards of 30 times more potent than THC. Mm-hmm. But again, they, they haven't really, there's no evidence that they've, immer- you know, given these to humans. But it started to make me think about all these things. Like maybe the ads for all these CBD products aren't wrong. Like maybe people are getting all these uplifting effects because there's these highly potent THC molecules that aren't <laughs> required. In there that we don't even know about. We don't even They're test not for. Testing. Yeah. yeah. Or, Interesting. Or, you know, when people, the point of the problems with doing just straight THC analysis is there's lots of versions of THC mm-hmm. and they lump it all together sometimes in one you know conglomerate analysis versus sort of sussing what's active delta and what's eight versus inactive, delta yeah. yeah yeah um so it's it's kind of like a fun philosophical ride to be like well does this have ap- actual implications or is this just something that's present in varieties of cannabis grown in italy mm-hmm. um but i think that that's uh you know it's it's an interesting thing that we still have so much to learn about this plant and including what we're associating its effects because you know we see all this stuff about CBD, and you know from an objective perspective, when I read about oh I use this you know five milligrams of CBD a day and cures all my pain, I'm like there's no clinical evidence that that dose would work. Right. But it doesn't mean that it's not. It might be some other factor uh, that we don't even know about. Right. Yeah. And it just shows like and these are got these are people researchers who just started growing weed. Like they're literally. I mean, the government just started growing weed a couple years ago. And and this is not like, 
it's just fascinating to me that it was such so sim simple to do this. Hey, we're going to look for stuff in low amounts. It's like, gosh, why haven't any companies in the, the U.S. market should have been all over this type of research? Like, why wouldn't you want to discover new compounds? I mean, with how litigious and how people love patenting things. Right. Like, you know, it, it just seems like a that the there's going to be more opportunities like this that just the, it, you know, sometimes I found it harder to convey the value of research to companies. And this could be one of them. I mean, who knows if you're getting THCP in your products and right. <laughs> and that's, what that means. No, that's, that's, that's a good point. Very good point. So, but how do they affect the consumer? Is that, is that studied yet? Or nobody they just, knows. They just discovered it. They just discovered it. There's some, it was given to animals. Um, and so there's some preliminary data there, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, uh, it's hard to say, you know, um, and, you know, I, I got this, you know, I've been on Reddit a lot lately and, um, you know, just to give you an analogy to animal research, this guy started writing about how he gives his dog this small amount of CBD and it cures all his pain and arthritis. And I, I, I sent him a message saying, well, how do you ask your dog if it's pain free? Because my cats give me no indication about their illnesses. I kind of have to like... Like, you know what I mean? Like they <laughs> hide it. Get it out of them. Yeah. yeah. And he just responded, well, you're just not a very good pet parent. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. oh, wow. Wow. So um, it's not your fault that his dog can communicate telepathically with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it was I was just wondering, like, maybe he would say, like, oh, he's, the dog's walking straight now. It's not limping. Like it was something like that. Give me. Yeah. Give me something. I thought it was slow pitch softball in a funny way, but he was just like, You're a, if I'm you don't. Pretty, I'm pretty sure he read that as troll. <laughs> you know, I get called that a lot on Reddit. It's a little weird. <laughs> Usually when I start citing references with my phone, like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you don't agree with every single thing we say, then you're a troll. Pretty much. Yeah. You yeah. Welcome to Reddit. Up. Yeah. 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 You cracked me up. Wow. <sighs> So I, I also had something interesting happen that I'm, I don't know if we've ever, I don't think we've ever talked about it. Um, I just found out uh, from one of my patients who uses medical cannabis that he had been trying to um, get life insurance. His life insurance was expiring and you could add on another 10 years. And through the questioning and the questionnaires, um, he had indicated he had a condition, but that he used medical cannabis because they test your, your pee, you know, they, they do urinary, all sorts of tests through your urine and blood and all that. So he found out that they had quoted him a rate of $220 a month for this life insurance, but because he had a legal medical cannabis card and used medical cannabis to treat a condition that no other medication could help. And I can attest to that. The insurance premium went up to $1,200 a month. Isn't that nuts? It's like $1,000 just because he was using legal medical cannabis. Did, do you know if they asked about form? Like, did, did they know if no. he's smoking or not smoking? Nope. Because I know they differentiate for tobacco mm -hmm. smoke, right? Like, that's a standard with insurance? No, he was telling, well, the way he described it, it was a yes or no answer to check them. Oh, so they probably don't don't have any idea that mm -hmm. it matters. So are they, they charging right? him more money because he's going to live longer? 
Or yeah, I guess. <laughs> that's a good They're question. Like, we got to get an ROI on this guy. He's going to live forever. He's using <laughs> He's cannabis. Can- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what it is. Oh, God, that's good. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you look at like mice with Lou Gehrig's disease, the ones that get THC live as, as long as ones that don't get it, you know? And so there might be something to that. Like, um, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's you see all. Uh, it, Wait, they yeah. live the same amount of time as a regular mouse. Oh, like not getting like the with disease. not Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. Or not with symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. My grandfather died of Lou Gehrig's disease. They need some help. <laughs> this was one of the few. Uh, it's one of actually the many conditions that has never had a clinical study conducted. It's gone as far as it can go in animal research. But huh. no ALS THC study has been approved, even though. There's people who have been using it. And mm-hmm. uh, Kathy Jordan's the most famous example. Uh-huh. She um, has outlived a couple of her neurologists. And Whoa. she actually had to prove at one point to, I think it was the Florida Department of Health, that she was still alive. Because when she was diagnosed with ALS, she was given an, um, an expiration date. Wow. Because no one lives this long with it. And so, um, yeah, it's incredible. I had the, the pleasure of doing a presentation with her at Patients at a Time many, many years ago. Um, which was which was fascinating that here's all these case reports, here's all this animal research, all and this yet. Basic, you can't um, get it approved for a study. Um, yeah, so but uh, so when you see these types of this research about health conditions that are normally a death sentence and people living beyond their expectation um, or others' expectations, I mean, maybe that costs more for insurance companies. I mean, maybe. <laughs> wow. It brings you back. There's the same conundrum with a gun license, right? So if you yeah. if you have a cannabis card, you cannot get a gun license. But if you're on the federal no-fly list, you can. It's crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. Crazy. Huh. There's so much. That's, that's a great loophole. So... Yeah. How does one get on the no-fly list? <laughs> <laughs> I think you just did. Well done. <laughs> Just keep trolling on Reddit. It'll exactly. <laughs> Just keep on going. Keep do keep doing what you're doing. Oh. Oh. Do we want to do the articles? So um we're about at the halfway point of the podcast. Do we want to transition into cannabusters? How are you guys yeah. feeling? Sure. Yeah. Whatever yeah. you guys say, mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. I don't know, Grojo. Are you ready? Are you ready for your first cannabusters? Oh. So, hey, I helped. He's been the uh, Grojo's been the judge for a number of years for points. So, long time listener, first time contestant. I'm Are you gonna be able it. to multitask? Uh, we will find out shortly. So, you all know what to do, right? You got this. Gotta make you laugh and get the question. Well, right. we gotta start off a little simpler. So, New Hampshire Times <laughs> listeners, we're about to start Cannabusters, where we test your knowledge of recent cannabis news, science, politics, and other issues. I'll be your Cannabuster host for this, and our contestants are Jan Roberts, Grojo, and Stacia Woodcock. Hiya. And you I'm all taking know, all of you down. And you know our tagline, <laughs> right? When you hear strange things about marijuana. Who are you going to call? Cannabusters. We Excellent. should have done that with more. Do ups. you know that they they're ma- there's a new Ghostbusters movie coming out with the yes. kid from Stranger Things? I just saw the preview and it's, it looks amazing. It does. It does. It's going to It does not look ridiculous. It looks like I I want to see it. Oh. Hmm. Cool. Sorry. Right. No, that's no. We can always I was pause. Just lamenting... I have a collection of Ghostbuster toys, so it's, it's Do good. you? Yeah. 
Playmobil and stuff from the 80s. See? Like, like, Did you keep Jay Han and I are, we're like nerd simpatico are, yeah. on this, uh, this side <laughs> of the table. I even have the Matchbox <laughs> Ecto-1 car. Too. Uh-uh. And the big one, yeah. Anyway, back to the uh, game at hand. So this is how the game works for those of you who are new to it. You get a, so we're going to read some stories. I'm going to do five stories. Some are real, some are made up. And if you guess it right, you get a point, right? This is fiction. This is a fact. Um, And then you'll be graded on your response. And this is where the big money comes in, where you can get one to three points for your discussion points, uh, for tickling my neurons or saying something smart. Um, So you could get every, you know, fact or fiction question wrong, but win because you're just great at discussing, making people laugh, making people think. Um, So uh, that's just how the game works. We're going to do five questions. I'm going to read these short stories. And then go to you. Uh, so who wants to be first when I point the baton? Or should I just choose at random? I think you should choose at choose random. Choose at random. Go for it. I say Grojo. All right. <laughs> I'll so, do it. Okay. Well, I, I, I'll, let me see. <laughs> I'm going to look around the room, see who makes eye contact. Um, <laughs> all right. So our I call our first story, Pass the Mercury-Infused CBD Tincture. Cannabis, which includes hemp does accumulate heavy metals, but according to new research, not in the flowering tops, just in the leaves, stalks, and other materials. So is this a true story that a recent study showed that these the toxic soil, whether it's radiation or heavy metals, accumulates everywhere, but in the buds of the plant? Is this a relief, but also confirming a significant health effect, uh, potentially at the same time, as many hemp processors use the entire biomass of the plant, not just the flowers? So does cannabis, you know, it is not for debate whether or not cannabis accumulates heavy metals, but is it true that a recent study showed that it does not accumulate in the flowering tops of the plant? Grayson? Sorry, Grojo. <laughs> I think that this is not true um, because it just doesn't sound like, uh, it just doesn't jump out to me as something that like would really make sense because the nutrients from the soil go throughout the entire part of the plant, including the flowering like parts and to me i don't know when i hear heavy metal i just think of cheap dab pen cartridges um so i gotta say it's a no okay i would have thought he would have said he would have thought of heavy metals and music i didn't know he was going to talk about cheap. well, <laughs> well jan what do you think <laughs> What that was a distraction. She's you, trying to distract do you. Do you, do you <laughs> so are you saying you agree with Grojo? Actually, I do agree with Grojo. I agree. I agree as well, although it's fascinating that you went the plant route, like how the nutrients go through the plant, and I was thinking about all of the positive tests for heavy metals that have happened with cannabis medicine and how <laughs> that it doesn't make sense that <laughs> that would be true. Like it's you know more what I mean? the data like rather same, than logical. But same same, yeah, end, same result. end result. That. But we like went about it a completely different way, which I think is is kind of cool. Um, and <laughs> then we're both going to be wrong. <laughs> but I, I I I agree. We're that, taking Jan down with us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this story you guys are saying is just too. Good to be true. Is, is that the yes, general consensus? that's what yes. I said. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if you should take my word for it, but perhaps the lead author of the study from Pennsylvania State University, we did not see metal uptake um, in the uh, 
We did see metal uptake in the leaves and removal from the soil, but not in the floral buds, according to their recent study published in the PLOS One, Public Library of Sciences found. And that basically, um, you know, another thing they found too in this study was that CBD can be boosted in the plant without boosting THC levels, which has been kind of a myth um, or, or an issue that people have struggled with. Is how do we increase CBD content without increasing THC content? So this is indeed a true story backed huh. up by science. Um, and, you know, this gets back to all the stuff about cannabis as a remediation agent. It's been used to clean up toxic stuff. But again, if you're doing an extract from the stock, as a lot of companies claim to do, or from the fan leaves, you're getting those heavy metals. So if that's an important part of your API, heavy metals, keep doing what you're doing. But if not, stick to the flowering tops. Stacia, hmm. that little shit <laughs> over there fucked with us on purpose. <sighs> I might, but then again, I might not. <laughs> I might. Then well, again, I might. Well done. Okay. No, not well done, Grayson. Okay, so <laughs> next story is also about, well, cannabis and hemp. It's all about the same stuff. But this next story is, is simply called, EPA has approved 10 pesticides for hemp. So is it true that in December, the EPA announced approval of nine biopesticides and including one conventional pesticide for use on hemp, the first time a federal agency has approved products on the cannabis plant? Um, and a representative from the EPA uh, administrative office said the EPA is committed to helping hemp growers obtain the tools needed to support and increase commercial production. This step recognizes the innovation in pesticide use which is critical to the success of our strong and vibrant agricultural sector. Is the EPA approving pesticides for use on the cannabis uh, under the regulatory definition of it as hemp? Grayson, you're bubbling. So, Grojo. I'm bubbling. What do you think? I think uh, that the EPA did pass that and that it's the first time that uh, they're kind of interfering with pesticides for hemp. And I believe the words that they said uh, were that they wanted to treat it like every other crop. Huh. So so it's not special? Is that what you're saying? Well, I don't think him special. <laughs> I like sativas. Ooh, we're going to get some angry letters about that. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> Stacia, you, you seem to be contemplating you know that this. Hemp is a sativa, though, right? <laughs> oh, oh, yes! Oh. Air high five. Just say. <laughs> ha, young bro, Joe. The more you learn, you know. That's why I'm here. I'm, I'm embracing it all. Oh Jesus, Prophet Grojo is I mean, speaking. But your answers. I'm. I. I'm gonna say this is not true. Go on. Yes. I'm terrified. So what? Is it worrying you that much that you might get it wrong? I really, yes. I hate losing. I'm so competitive. It's a problem. Well, God, maybe you, you could get some points for why you think it's wrong. I mean, because, because Grocha said it was right. No, no, no. I, I, I think for me, it was when you said that the. Most of them were bio, and one was a traditional pesticide. Um, I don't know. Something about that seemed like shenanigans. So I'm calling shenanigans on this one. I just feel it in my bones. Dr. Roberts, back to you. I agree with Grojo. And why is that? Yeah, why is that? 
I don't know. It just makes sense that they would be so stupid to want to talk about pesticides and stuff like that. That's not well, stupid. Well, it's I good. Think, I think that it's important, though, because after the hemp farm bill got passed, all of these states are now harvesting hemp, and people have never started growing this before. It's like a new crop. Right. It's legal. And this honestly just makes sense because it's – it's it's been around for a year. It's right, in but it's stores the government, everywhere. and because it makes sense, I'm saying no. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our twisted logic around our answers. I love that. Okay, well, so you know the EPA does allow you to apply for pesticide applications for use on agricultural products, and if you find it hard to believe that they would approve a pesticide on something that's might be technically federally illegal or an illegal gray area, a very clear gray area. Do you find that hard to believe? Um, it's surprising because they did approve 10 pesticides. Dang it. Uh, according to agprofessional.com, uh, who covered this story um, and covering all these announcements out of the EPA's Office of Chemical Safety and Pollution Prevention. And that is a real quote from um, the Assistant Administrator of the EPA regarding their support of this industry. So. Um, we can all look forward to um, <laughs> additional components. Look so we at might. Stacia, uh, she's so upset right now because I'm in the lead. It's fine. <laughs> are you though? Oh, you probably are getting bonus. Oh, I might be. I might be. I usually do get bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but we don't have our typical judge. That's, That's true. Right. That's yeah. true. It's a different game now. It's it's a whole different game. All right. But so he loves you. We know he's going to give you extra points. This next story uh, I call is uh, CBD companies get classy. So uh, as some of you may have heard, class action lawsuits are popping up against CBD companies. Is, it, is, this a, is this a fact or is this fiction that a recent article stated that the class action lawsuits against very large hemp CBD companies, which, led the, which alleged that they misled consumers regarding the legality of their products, meaning that CBD companies have to return the profits to consumers from misleading them about the legality of CBD, is going to be uh, dismissed by the judge looking at these cases. So is the tide turning in favor of CBD companies in 2020? Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? I'm still so kind of lost. there was a uh, hemp. Yeah. So there has been a lot of information coming out recently about mm -hmm. these class action lawsuits that are building. It's very big hemp companies um, because the perception that they misled consumers about a number of things about their products, including the legality, legality. of okay. their products. Um, and, and if a judge, people are speculating on what the judge is going to do, and people seem to think the judge is going to dismiss the case. I don't think. Okay, I'll do my answer. Dr. Roberts? Um, I actually don't think the judge will dismiss the case. So, okay, good. good. I agree. I think um, there needs to be a ruling one way or the other to establish a precedent. Yep. Prece precedent, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Thank you. Correct words. Not president so the, or precedence. That's not a right. thing. The tide. You. You. Both of you are saying the tide is going to be turning against the cannabis industry. Yes. There's no. Yeah. There's no evidence that. Yeah, it's I don't, going to I be don't, dismissed. No, I think they're going to need to hear it out. I. I agree. I think that it won't be dismissed. But also, like to add on what you said, Stacia, 
Um, it's still very much like the Wild West with all these different laws and confusion and, and buyers being marketed something that's completely different than what they're actually consuming. And um, there definitely needs to be some like legislation for that. Good. And like a ruling. Wow, we're all in agreement. That means we're all probably wrong. <laughs> I know, you listen to me. <laughs> well, if you thought that um, this case is not going to be dismissed, uh, you are correct. There is no evidence that this case will be dismissed, and it looks like the judge will do a full kind of yeah. case on this at the moment. This could change, and this could be wrong, and then you'll all get points taken away. <laughs> uh, retrospectively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, well done so far. We're at the halfway mark. We're going into question four. So oh, yeah. stretch out those neurons. And continuing oh. with the theme of hemp and CBD, since it was a very popular thing over the last couple of years, this next story I call Hemp Farmers Are Struggling to Make Returns on ROI. So new hemp farmers face steep learning curves due to lack of knowledge about the plant, high upfront costs, and a fledgling processing industry needed to get the crops on retail shelves, as well as an inability to commercialize the products in some states due to the hemp programs also just being pilot research programs. So is the story true that hemp farmers are not finding it easy to make profits, uh, despite distributors posting net returns of around 75%, which is well above what pharma makes on any drug? Um, in terms of profit margin. So is it true? Is this a true story that hemp farmers are actually struggling to make money off of their investment in cultivating this agricultural product? Where's Randy when you need him? Yeah. I know. I wrote this because I was like, Randy would love Randy this. Randy would know this one. Yeah. Damn it, Randy. If you're listening, Randy. Should we call him? Is that your lifeline? <laughs> phone a friend. Phone a friend. Yeah, can I phone a friend? <laughs> can text him. I don't know. I I think it's pretty I think it's pretty hard for them to make profits. I think that makes sense. Um still though, is this like national? Like it, it is this what's the sample size here, Dr. J? What if I said it was just South Carolina? That's just South, South Carolina. I mean I, I I'm gonna stand by what I said earlier and that it's a new crop. People are, are have been farming for generations, but they've been farming different crops they've been farming different things it doesn't make sense for them just to come into a market and then immediately cash out on it like i know that last year was like probably the biggest year in cannabis ever like economically but it doesn't make sense that everyone's able to just jump in and jump out with with cash you know that's a good topic you know and you you, you one of the implications you're making is that there may not be this infrastructure available for them to cat like if you're growing tomatoes there's a million places the tomatoes can go yeah there, well there's there's grocery stores there's already chains of distribution there's there's literally insured trucks that can carry your package rather than getting it seized by FedEx you know what I mean like it doesn't make sense for them just to be making tons of profits off the bat I I agree. I have a question because I don't know this because mm -hmm. hemp legality confuses me on the regular basis. But can hemp shipments cross state lines legally? Technically, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Okay. Um, it's federally ish. legal. Ish, ish. ish. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's like a, only if it's going from a state that says you can to another state that says you can. Also, well, well that's that's a big question because right? what the FDA. The purpose of getting a product FDA approved is so that it can cross state lines. Exactly, legally. and it's not FDA approved. No, they've been very clear that it's not FDA approved. 
But I, I think this has to do with sort of enforcement priority and resources and, um, you know, law enforcement has limited resources and what are they going to go after a non-intoxicating product or something else? But yeah. no, that's a good question. And then that's why I like to say it's a very clear gray area. That, that rem well, can I say this before I answer? Because yeah. it just reminds me of... Side note, of, sidebar uh, nation. <laughs> for cannabination. Uh, for um, Oren Levy and the guys at um, the CBD company, remember we have him Green on? Green Angel Green CBD. Angel. Yeah, in Brooklyn, they wound up getting their, their info or their stuff back. Yeah, right? everything, all the charges were dropped um, from the police uh, after they filed a lawsuit to the Brooklyn Police Department for $10 million, and then all of their um, product that they were selling, all the hemp was returned to them as well. And the question I would have is if they didn't have the resources to pay for those attorneys and to do that, would they have gotten it returned? Probably not. Probably not. Well, Probably. I think, yeah. I think though they knew cause we had gotten in on it. So I'm going to just pat us on the back a little bit <laughs> okay, just good. because seriously, a lot of these were great people. And imagine he if you're the farmer of that crop, to Grojo's point. Like, well, yeah. and it's happening everywhere. And and my concern was that this was the beginning of them starting to do stuff like this. Mm -hmm. But it, I, I'm just so thrilled for them that it worked out. But I know it was a very stressful situation. I, he and I exchanged text messages over the holidays, and and he's, you know, they they were really struggling. So I'm glad that they were that the, the police did what they needed to do. And so do you think it is fact <laughs> or fiction that hemp farmers are struggling? They are struggling, yes. I hemp agree. Farmers. Yep. What is it, Dr. J? Well, if you uh, find it hard to believe that hemp farmers are struggling to make returns in a multi-billion dollar industry as it's slated to be, uh, it actually is true, according to the SF Chronicle, who interviewed hemp mm -hmm. farmers, particularly one in South Carolina, who is making sometimes just a few hundred dollars per pound or less uh, wow. gross on what wow. they're distributing or what they're giving to processors. So this is true. The hemp farmers are struggling to make a profit in this industry. And I think Grave City made some great points uh, about that. Wait, and so the other piece was correct as well about the profit. What are the profit margins for the CBD companies? Oh, um, so this is based on a conversation I had with uh, a researcher from Canada who's looked into this, including the labeling study with JAMA, mm -hmm. and they did a one-to-one -one comparison of uh, GW to Charlotte's Web. Um, and you know, I, I like both people that work at those <laughs> at those organizations. So this is right. not a slight on them. This is just you know GW's gross profit on their uh, you know, like Epidiolex is 19% of like, that's what they make off of that. Meanwhile, um, according to like Q1 profit reports from Charlotte's Web or Q3, whatever, um, they're making about 75% uh, off of that. And and so when people talk about Man. CBD companies being better than pharma, we have to really kind of see that. And what do you mean better than pharma? Because if, um, you know, they're making 75% markup on EpiPens, we'd be flipping out. However, wow. I think the point I made when you and I discussed this too, though, is that GW has the overhead of all the research they did yep. on Epidiolex, all the trials and yep. drug development um, that Charlotte's Web did not. And so that, you know, that's even more important to take into consideration that their profit margin is lower and their cost was exponentially greater. Yep. Um, I just think that's important to think about. Mm. Excellent. Wow. Yeah, so that was a. Th those four were surprise stories. So I'm gonna pause before we go to five because it's our last question. We have about eight minutes left. 
Do you guys just want to go with the typical point scoring, or do you want to do the 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 final cannabuster? Jeopardy. Well, you, well you, we can't say that we'll get sued, but it, <laughs> <laughs> the Canada. The Canardy. Canardy. <laughs> so, do you want to bet points, or do you just want to go for it? I'll get, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it up to you guys. Going once, going twice. Bet it all. You guys want to bet it all? I didn't bring slips of paper to write down Shit. your thing. So you know what? Scratch that. Um, <laughs> so we'll go on to question five. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this next story is about trends and in internet searches for cannabidiol. Now. Many of you may be familiar with this JAMA study that came out uh, late last year, I think November or, or December from JAMA, which said that CBD searches um, reached a plateau, like it were increasing and reached a plateau. Now, is this trend continuing? So according to research and other media published advice, Vice, um, CBD's popularity is actually waning and internet searches are dropping due to overzealous marketing and a lack of delivering the advertised effects according to other media outlets. So is it hard to believe that CBD is continuing to grow in popularity? Is this story true that CBD's popularity appears to be diminishing in 2020? Station? I think I get confused about what the question yeah. is. Yeah. So, I, I, so I'm going to say, I, yes, I think that CBD is waning. I think that it was too much too soon with a bunch of nonsense, bullshit. as I like to say. Um, and so now I think it's on like the what's not list as opposed to the what's hot list. The we're over it. What's millennial speak? Tell me, Grojo. <laughs> what's millennial it's on speak the list for? with spam and other things from 2019. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that, you got the you, you answered it quickly. Uh, yeah, there's lots of 2019 lists of what's in and what's out, and like the canned ham. Was spam mm -hmm. ever in? It was for a while in yeah. Hawaii. It's in. It's always yeah. in in Hawaii. It's pretty good if you have that it. That is there. gross. No, it's if you fry it up, it's <gasps> better than bologna. I tell you, I that. love fried bologna. Fried bologna is so good. Speaking of oh bologna, I think Grayson. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> wow, is this wow. story a piece of fried bologna? Is CBD just continuing to I increase in popularity? CBD is turning into bologna because there's so much like discrepancy in in what's mislabeled and and also to like there's a flood of of product on the marketplace i mean i just remember like like going into bodegas like all the time seeing like flour and being like why are why is there weed out on the counter and this was like over the summer when like places were really like kind of starting to stock it and openly retail hemp and um i just think that it's it's like the cannabis industry, you know, it, it's swelling up so much that it's got to start to deflate and, and change and and not necessarily grow. I know that we're looking at a lot of like cannabis companies like losing stock now as the market's changing. So I think it's kind of similar. Jen? I, I actually agree with Grayson too on that. Anything to add? <laughs> um. Hmm. Reiterate points. Have you yeah, noticed? Yeah, well, this is kind of like what I've been talking about um, with with our clients and stuff about how there's been this over promise and it's created this bubble and then you're going to naturally kind of have the bubble pop and I think that's where we are you know CBD and everything is just ridiculous CBD coffee why not <laughs> I wish I wish our audience could have seen what little gray boogie just did 
Wow, how would you have described that? I don't know how to describe it. Um, Other, he had a moment. Eloquence. <laughs> he had a moment. And well, a lot of smoke came out of his Yeah. yeah. It was my nose, actually. And yeah. So are consumers getting internet fatigue from CBD? Yeah. I know I'm getting fatigued <laughs> from talking about CBD. So <laughs> this story is true according to Vice and others that consumers are getting less and less interested in these products due to just basically what I would Bullshit. call overzealous marketing. Um, and you're just over-promising over and not yeah. delivering. Um, and sometimes the products don't even have things in them. Yeah. Right. Um, right. So, which brings us to the final tally. Ooh. It was really close, I have to say. Um, very, very proud. So, I'll show you this. I did second place first. Second. Oh, sorry. In second place for this of this episode of Cannabusters, we have Stacia Woodcock. Second. First loser. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank you. <laughs> no, she's not. She's going to get her voodoo dolls out. It's fine. It's fine. And in first place, we have Grayson. Oh, I knew it. Yeah, most I, valuable rookie. I know. Showing up. I know I'm amazing and very smart on all the latest cannabis news. You you oh definitely you read that. I was like looking for a script you were reading when you were going off on those points. <laughs> Dude, when when you said the the EPA pesticide thing, I, I knew it immediately. I read the article. Like I'm glad you didn't say that in your response. Of that was course. Like, I, I, that's like my, my biggest pet peeve about this. Be like, oh, I read that. I know, and no, I'm the one no. who always does No, that. I, 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 I alluded <laughs> to it, it because I was like, oh, I, I'm pretty sure they said that they're trying to treat it like all the other crops that they harvest. Because yeah. I, I swear I thought I read it. But I'd like to thank uh, my family. Um, <laughs> I'd like to thank Mary Jane uh, for saving the Lord me. Jesus. I'd like to thank Buddha, Jesus. Thank you. It's not SpongeBob. Dr. <laughs> Jayhan. Oh. <laughs> wow, that was fun. And um, I hate that I freaking lost, man. I just, I just don't have those good comebacks. Anyway, well, it, that was fun today, guys. We miss you, Randy, very much. And hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this episode of New Hemp Times. We are over and out. Peace out. <laughs>